want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. Jen Amos here. Got a quick question for you. Have you ever found unexpected inspiration from a movie that led you to make a significant career choice? Well, for Dr. Kenneth Gay, it was the 1989 film Lean on Me, starring Morgan Freeman. So I am fortunate for this episode to be speaking with the founder and CEO of Kenneth Gay Education. Kenneth Gay himself, he goes by Ken, to learn about how he works in education while being a newly promoted colonel in the United States Army Reserves. Congrats, Ken. Ken is also a 2022 service to CEO alumni and the alumni program lead at the Rosie Network. In fact, a lot of my interactions with the Rosie Network in putting the show together, he has been involved in a lot of those conversations. So shout out to you, Ken. Look at you doing double duty, like with everything in life. And you'll hear all about it in this conversation about how he tends to balance two things at a time, like all the time. And so it was great working with you. And also shout out to Trisha. It's really because of Trisha that this partnership is really possible. And I know, Ken, you've been involved in, you know, making sure that the ball is rolling with this project. So thank you. Thank you for that. Here we are. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Season seven of Holding Down the Fort, uh, podcast.com, episode 161. And so in this episode, Ken shares how he started his military career to help pay for college. Inspired by Morgan Freeman's role in the film Lean on Me, he worked his way up from teacher to principal and central office positions. Then, with the help of the Rosie Network, he learned to apply his experience from his education and military career to creating his company, which provides social-emotional learning training to the most challenging schools in the country. In addition to his work with the Rosie Network, Ken is also the board president of 3KRG Investment Group. Now, if you wanna get a hold of Ken as you're listening to this conversation, check out the show notes of this episode. All of his contact information will be there. Or you can visit your browser, holdingonthefortpodcast.com. And in the search bar, put in the numbers 161. That's episode 161 with Dr. Kenneth Gay. And you'll be able to find this episode and find all of his contact information there. Whether you pull up the browser on your phone or via desktop, our website is mobile friendly. Either way, pretty flexible. And this episode is ad-free. This conversation is ad-free thanks to my company, US Vet Wealth. We are all about working with military retirees who are about three to five years away from transition that are you know, focused on the most important thing, which is to find that next job, <laughs> to find that next job in post-military life. And, you know, and what we have come to find though, is that for our military retirees, for them, you know, maybe working another 10 years sounds like a great idea. And they want to make sure that they have the finances in place to ensure that they can do another career for at least 10 years and then be able to retire. Well, at US Vet Wealth, we are so fortunate to offer uh, solutions in the private market to ensure 
provided that you qualify, you know, it's always about that as well. I don't like to make 100% guarantees here, provided that you qualify for options in the private market to potentially, to potentially, you know, enjoy your post-military life, maybe with another career for 10 years, if that's how much longer you wanna work and then be able to retire. So again, no promises. There are qualifications to this. I gotta set that disclaimer or asterisk next to what I'm saying. But if you do wanna learn more about it, check out usvetwealth.com. That's US as in United States, vet as in veteran. So usvetwealth.com. So usvetwealth.com, we offer free inquiry calls, free audit calls, 15 minute inquiry calls, and even audits of your financial situation. Uh, go ahead and check it out, see if it's for you. And we'd love to chat with you. And once again, this is all possible. Like holding out the fort is possible thanks to my company. So thank you so much for listening. And I really, really hope you enjoy this ad-free conversation with Dr. Kenneth Gay. And stick around afterward in the outro for my commentary, for my post-commentary. All right, enjoy. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth and the Rosie Network. I am incredibly excited because today I get to have an amazing conversation with Kenneth Gay. So, Kenneth, do you go by Ken or Kenneth or do you like do you have a preference? I want to start with you know that. I'm fine. <laughs> Ken is fine. I look, I hear so many different, look, I, I hear so many different names. It's like it's very rarely I hear my whole name. So, look, Ken is just fine. So I'm used to going by Ken. So that's just that's great. Okay, great. I feel like I'm going to call you Kenneth today. <laughs> you know me. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll call you Ken because it rhymes with Jen. Okay. okay? And like then my, my full name. Yeah, my full name is Jennifer. And like no one calls yeah, me Jennifer. Yeah. So, you know, except for my family. That's how I know it's my family is when they call me Jennifer. But anyway, let me go ahead and warm us up with an icebreaker okay. question, Ken. And so I'm going to go through here and you just tell me when to stop. And I'm going to pull out a question for oh, you. Yeah, you can stop. So you can stop. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Wait, actually, I don't like that's a weird question. Okay. All right. Actually, no, that's so funny. I've been asking these same questions already. Sorry. No, Let no me problem. see. One you oh, oh, here we go. Fine. Okay. Here's a fun question for you. I feel like I know the answer to this because Please. of your background, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Are you typically an early on time or late person when it comes to showing up at a specific time? Oh, I would definitely say this. I would have to say that I'm an early person. And it's just and it's been since a kid because usually I was the first one up at my house to watch cartoons and throughout my life it kind of carried. I noticed with dealing with any type of organization class or anything, if I showed up early, a lot of times I wanted either my teachers or employees or anyone I work with to know that, hey, if he doesn't do anything else, he's going to show up on time. And I've learned over time that <laughs> just showing up on time that people usually really appreciate that. But especially when I was in high school and college, I noticed that sometimes the teacher would give me a little bit more leniency if they knew I was on time and not causing any disruptions mm -hmm. in class. So they kind of carried over to. <laughs> They're like, well, at least he's punctual. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny. That just reminds me like yesterday, my husband and I had lunch with a former pilot okay. and he was, of course, waiting for us already. Like, like we showed up maybe five minutes before yeah. we were supposed to meet with him, but he was already there and he was like waiting for like, I think he was already sitting there for like the last five minutes. Oh. And he was just talking about his experience in the military as a pilot. And he's like, hey, you got to be, you know, if you're on time, you're late. You yeah, know, so it's like you always got to show up like really early and all that. And so, yeah, it's funny. Like when you emailed me, you're like, oh, I'm in the room. Yeah. And like it wasn't even like the time. And I was like, actually, that's perfect <laughs> because, you know, we can start early and end early and, you know, or, you know, really get the most of this, have more time to have a, a conversation with each other. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree. Yeah, for sure. All right, Ken. Well, like I said, I'm really excited to speak with you because, you know, you have a company, Kenneth Gay Education, LLC. 
And I'm going to start with where you're at right now. We will get to the backstory. But can you give me just a quick snapshot of what life looks like for you today running Kenneth Gay Education, LLC? So what life looks like with running Kenneth Gay Education, LLC, I have the pleasure of working with school districts, primarily work with principals and teachers on social-emotional learning and working with students as far as providing training for adult educators as well as parents with successful strategies to help students be successful in schools. And that kind of comes to my background with over 20 years of experience in the field of education. And it's so funny that, look, I've always had, look, I joked with someone the other day and just thought about it. I think I've always had at least two jobs since graduating high school because even part-time, I'm in the Army Reserve, so I recently got promoted to the rank of colonel. So I am a brand new colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve. So, yeah, so. Congratulations, hey, hey, Look, and I start my my new job next month as a branch chief as far as uh, working on the Reserve Controller Trainer Unit. So it's one of those things that I'm very passionate about. But with Kenneth Gate Education LLC, I would say that with my educational background, working, starting my own company and being inspired I've used the strategies I've learned as an educator as well as a military soldier to help with my business. Because one thing about the military, you have to work with diverse groups of individuals. They come from different backgrounds. They accept people just how they are or what have you. And with the field of education, it has taught me that if you truly believe in what you're doing, you can make a positive impact. So I saw myself wanting to create a business so I can reach individuals more and I can make a larger impact instead of in a small scale. It was a way of me helping being able to just scale some of the effective practices I was just normally doing in my regular jobs at school districts previously that I can just, you know, create into a business for myself and create jobs for others. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me what came first, the military or your educational career? So they kind of, you know what, I'll say this, the the military kind of came first because I started off in the National Guard. So it was a means for me to pay for my education. So while I was going to college. I was actually, you know, I started off, believe it or not, as an enlisted soldier, as just a private TV one. And later while I was in school, just trying to do the right things that I was supposed to do. I ended up becoming a non-commissioned officer for a while. And then I was getting my OCS. I was getting OCS packages was officer candidate school packets like my junior year of college. So I said, you know what, you know, I think I might decide to actually be an officer because I've had a chance to, you know, be an enlisted and a non-commissioned officer. So that's how they kind of came about. So the military actually started first, but I went into the field of education because I was inspired by a movie called Lean on Me, Mm -hmm. which is portrayed by Morgan Freeman, which he was a a principal in a tough high school. Mm-hmm. And I saw myself going, you know, in high school, I saw, you know, prior to going to high school, the high school I was going to attend was a pretty much rough high school. And it was the first time I saw an African-American gentleman that looked like me in that movie being portrayed that had on a suit that wasn't a pastor or a preacher, you know, trying to <laughs> preach. The gospel. You know, I'm a Christian, so I'm even a good, you know, and man upstairs and all that good stuff. Yeah. But um, I was inspired because I saw him want to make a difference in the community. So I immediately went into the field of education in college, which uh, kind of served me well. So I started off with elementary teacher, later I became an elementary assistant principal and then became a high school assistant principal. And later I was blessed to be a high school principal of over 2,300 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a rewarding experience. And then I received a promotion to central office and I served as the executive director of administration, which I was responsible for discipline and helping students get on track throughout the whole district wide with over 22 schools. 
and worked with the juvenile justice system with a couple other school districts that had students that were kind of like in and out of juvenile incarceration and going back and forth between the schools. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, really amazing. And, you know, I know that even for myself, like growing up, representation in media was always kind of aspirational. We, we never really see a lot of our faces. And so, I mean, yeah. in today's generation, there's you cannot like miss a commercial without like at least at least for me, one Asian person in it now. So it's great yes. to see <laughs> in media. But, you know, I imagine at that time, mm-hmm. considering how you mentioned, like a lot of black men would typically be a pastor or a priest for yeah, you mm-hmm. to see a different kind of profession and to see, you know, Morgan Freeman doing it well. I imagine that was very impactful to the point that you were balancing two completely different careers, the military and your educational career. And I have to ask, Ken, is there any similarities between the military and your education and the educational career? Yeah. So, well, I could tell you this when it comes to leadership style. Mm-hmm. Yes, I took on the, the role. So one of the things I didn't share, I was blessed since I've been in the military you know, in the, in, now I'm in the Army Reserve, been in reserves for a while. I've had the opportunity, I'm just going to say it from a leadership standpoint, I've had a chance to serve as a company commander and a battalion commander. So usually I'll get asked often, hey, what was harder being like a battalion commander, a company commander, or being a high school principal? And I often tell individuals that probably being a high school principal, because on any given day, I can't control what would happen if a student had a bad day. With over mm. 2,000 students, you had over 2,000 personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to compete with social media. And also those students, even if they didn't have two parents in their home, you can multiply that two times two, you know, so that's the additional 4,000 that anything can happen. But one of the greatest ch- things that helped me out with being in the military was being able to set up systems. So really, I took the approach of, a school, you know, looking at, you know, my assistant principals as like first sergeants, company commanders. So I never would completely tell individuals that, but I actually, I love hiring teachers that were former veterans. That didn't matter what branch they served in, whether it be Coast Guard, Navy, Marine, Air Force, Navy, Army, or whatever, Marine Corps. But one of the things that I'd often have them saying, hey, Doc, you actually um, are setting this up kind of almost like a military style. And that, that helped out with the communication flow with the teachers, being able to build teamwork and building teams. And to be honest, which if it wasn't for the military, the structure that I had as far as with working with systems, I'd have had a very difficult time. So it's one of those things that I'm pretty sure they've had some others do it before. But with me being blessed to have the opportunity to serve, you know, even now still serving the military simultaneously as yeah. far as with education and being in key roles where decisions, you know, as a commander, those decisions come down to what you kind of do from the information you have and as a building principle. But literally, had it not been for the uh, military, I literally had went into a high school that literally had like five high school principals in a matter of five years before I got there wow. for four years. And literally, it wasn't even about me, but it was the skills I learned in the military about winning the hearts and minds of the individuals there and building teams. So I yeah. kind of really kind of work both of them kind of back and forth. So it's kind of like, I don't even, to be honest with you, I think I would have had a hard time being somewhat reasonable. The few successes I've had, well, I've had some, I'm trying to be modest, but the successes <laughs> I've had that I'll be honest with you, I'd have had difficulty having them without, you know, doing both at the same time because I kind of yeah. lean each of the two to, because even with soldiers, soldiers are like, how are you always so easy to communicate? So I'm a teacher, you know, a teacher, yeah. at home, even though I've been a principal or central office, at the end of the day, I'm still a teacher. So I know that, 
you don't want to listen to me talk in front of the formation <laughs> like four hours. I want to, you know, do activities and constantly move. And so I've been blessed to actually be able to just kind of, you know, merge those two. And now that help, you know, help me think when people would ask me about questions and things to do. I say, you know what? A couple of years, two years ago, I say, you know what? I'm going to take I'm going to bet on me and start up my own business, just doing the things that I know that can help yeah. and we'll reach just a broader audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just processing you talking about like how your educational career really fed into the military and vice versa. And, you know, your soldiers are like, why are you so calm, cool, collected and like just easygoing and happy? You're like, oh, well, because I've, you know, students are harder to work with, you know, <laughs> like yeah. students and their parents are harder to work with. And I can imagine that because in the military, you know, you have our, our service members going through rigorous training to, yes. you know, follow orders where with kids, students, they're going through so much. Like they're going through, uh, you know, physical growth, mental, emotional growth. And, Absolutely. you know, and, and of course, if, they're, if they have issues at home or if they live in, you know, a rough area, it, it is harder to stay focused at school. So to me, like I can understand that being a teacher or being in education, it could be a lot harder than, you know, working with soldiers. Mm-hmm. Jen, do you mind if I tell you just a very quick story? Because it, it, yeah. it's so... One thing I can say, and I know we're supposed to be talking about entrepreneurship, but it's kind of like entrepreneurship kind of just because as entrepreneurs, you have to kind of just think on the fly sometimes and sometimes yeah. you have to pivot. I can remember one day as a high school principal, I can remember it was either my second or third year. For some reason, both of the nurses were out. Uh-huh. And uh, I mentioned it before. I do have a doctor. So at work at the school, so that I was calling, hey, doc, you the doctor gay or hey, what's up, doc? Mm-hmm. So. There was an incident where they were calling me on the radio to hurry up and come to the nurse's office. And I'm like, OK, what's going on? And they're like, hey, we think a student is about to deliver a kid. So I said, OK, let's call the ambulance. So they're like, yeah, you're the principal. You're the principal. You're supposed to do something. You're the doctor. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I literally <laughs> started thinking about MASH and every single move. I'm like, man, go get it. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I'm like, well, I had to be calm and collective on the military side as commander. You can't never sweat. So I remember just trying to just see all these different little things and blah, blah, blah. And luckily, the paramedics came before anything could happen. But you had people say, oh, Dr. Gay delivered a whole kid. I'm like, you know, I had to deliver a kid. But it was so funny. <laughs> the staff that were in there, they were like, hey, how did you stay so calm? Yeah, but, you know, just like in the military, doesn't matter. Everyone in the military is a leader. And we were taught that, hey, even when things are, you know, panicking as leaders, you still have to kind of grasp the situation, you know, assess real fast. And still yeah. try to keep everyone calm or what have you. So that and so just kind of like with entrepreneurship, it's one of those things where sometimes you're going to be pitched curveballs where things could be going real great. And all yeah. of a sudden, something can happen real fast. And you have to kind of pivot and utilize to the best of your ability the skills that you do know or just try to use the resources to try to overcome those obstacles and still be successful. Yeah, I like hearing this because I've been self-employed for 12 years. And, you know, I would say the first six years, you know, I took a lot of things personally. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. So it was very new territory for me to like venture this while also having a family that says, hey, when are you going to get a permanent job and la la la. And it, you know, it is what it is. You know, my family only wanted what was best for me. I completely understand it. And so that just meant that I had to kind of go on this own journey. And it was a very emotional journey for me uh, for a lot. Of, it's very transformative for me. And fast forward to today, working with my husband, we've been working together for the last um, six, seven years. And he's been self-employed longer than I have. And I don't know, maybe it's a West Point thing, but he just he's just very logical, very logical, very objective. And um, as the years went on in working with him, I started to not let my feelings get in the way. Or if anything, I've learned to look at things more objectively and recognize that like, 
you know, kind of what you're mentioning here, like you're, you're just, you're paying attention to what, what's in front of you. You're paying attention to what's occurring. You're, you know, you're paying attention to the, to the new information that comes your way and you're adjusting appropriately. So rather than kind of like letting your emotions get the best of you, it sounds like that's not an issue for you. Or um, let me hear about like, how do you manage your emotions if, you know, whether they come after the fact or, you know, you just kind of know how to, how to manage that. You know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you, I think that I would have to kind of credit my parents. They're still together <laughs> now. So they still been married for a while. So Love it. my parents have always, they've always been entrepreneurial. Mm. And I've always seen them never. Uh, and I would never think because they both always had nine to five jobs, but they mm. also had their own businesses. And it never really dawned on me because I never saw them overly stressed, overly yeah. doing things. But I always seen them giving back. I've always seen them helping others. So one of the things I always noticed just even from afar without them even having to tell me was that they always treated everyone with respect and dignity, no matter what their background was, no matter what they had come through or what they were dealing with. So I kind of adopted that over the years. So I've always tried to just treat others the way that I would want to be treated. And I've always tried to do my best to help others. So what I found is, is that I found comfort in that because having the opportunity, once you open yourself up and people see that you're transparent and that you're really trying to just be a good person, you often hear stories because I love telling stories and hearing stories. So even if I have not been in situation, certain situations before, when I've had an opportunity to listen, whether it be educators, whether it be military veterans or even entrepreneurs, that just being open to just have conversations, even if someone is an introvert or an extrovert, but networking mm. and through those networking opportunities, what it has provided me was a sense of comfort that I feel comfortable enough with the individuals because of my rapport with them and my character. Even if I had a situation that was taking place and for some reason I didn't have their number in my phone and I need to get on LinkedIn real fast because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, I'd have them as a friend in LinkedIn that I felt comfortable enough that I could reach out and ask a question or with those six degrees of separation, I can get a response back. Mm. So with my emotions, one of the things that I could truly say that has helped me is building a rapport, making myself open, but also too, when individuals ask me questions, I can't be shut off. I'm not shut off. I make sure I try to respond in a timely manner because I'm a firm believer. When you do things good for others, eventually when the time is right, when you need things, things are going to help you. So I think that's what one of the things with the emotions, besides just the trainings that I've had, is that I feel comfortable enough because I built networking opportunities and I built strong, genuine, authentic rapport with others that yeah. no matter what I'm going through, I feel comfortable enough to be able to pick up the phone and ask more than one person that would probably have dealt with the situation that I have. I think that's incredible. And, you know, I think part of like why even for myself, I can be more objective and logical today is because what you mentioned, like, like I have outlets now. I have people that I know I can confide in. I don't just hold it in. And it sounds to me that you really handle your, your issues head on. Like if you're feeling a certain way, you know, who to, if you're stuck on something, you know who to contact. And I think that, you know, whether whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're, you know, actively serving the military and you're not an entrepreneur, like we all need help. We all need community. We yeah. all need to have that, I would say, social outlet or that social support. 
And so, you know, part of why I haven't like touched upon the entrepreneurial side yet, which we'll get to here shortly, it's just it's just like is because I really want to highlight your mindset. You have an incredible mindset, Ken. And we talked a little bit about this in our last conversation where you're like, okay, I'm not like the most talented person, <laughs> but like I can outwork any yeah. talented person. And it shows, it shows like your success in um, your educational career, your success in the military. And then of course, with your uh, company, which we'll get to here in a little bit, um, you know, it, it, it just comes to show that like, one thing we were talking about was like slow and steady, like wins the yeah, race, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about that that steadiness that you've managed to, you know, that, that you have in your life, that is why where you are today as, as modestly as we're talking about right now. <laughs> so, so I know the last time we spoke, you had said something that stuck out. And when you said something, you know, I've had people try to figure, cause I've had people ask like, how are you able to do so many things? <laughs> and I've never really thought about it, yeah. but I remember you had made a comment. It's kind of like the, the tortoise and yeah. the hare. And, you know, even though the rabbit can take off real fast, the turtle, even though the turtle is moving slow, but as long as that turtle is keeping a step and moving forward each day, yeah. eventually that turtle can pass up the rabbit in the long run and still win the race. So I could say that I think what has really helped me out throughout my time is is being not rushing things, even mm. though I've tried to do things efficiently and quickly that mm-hmm. I know in life there are certain steps because sometimes you can get things very quickly <laughs> and you miss a lot of lessons learned. I had a good mentor said, hey, there are 100 steps. And because you move so fast and you've been so great and you skipped every other step, mm-hmm. there are about 30 lessons that you missed on 30 steps through, you know, trial and error. You know, how do you handle, you know, setbacks and defeats? And one of the things I've always looked at is even if it's something that I've tried to achieve and I'll be the first to tell people that, hey, I didn't get the first principal job I applied for. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the first, you know, military command position. I didn't always get promoted, but I never quit. And what one thing that I've always noticed that I never would quit. I would always have a positive attitude. I would always treat people correctly, knowing that if I just kept working hard, eventually when my time would come, that people would be able to look upon me and see my attitude. And then that would make people be more successful to actually want to work with me and actually want to help because they say, okay, if this person can do it, like I told you, I'm not the sharpest tool in the tool shit. I consider myself just a, I call myself just a regular Joe, just a regular guy that just has a lot of drive and a lot of energy. Like I am an early bird, so I get up a little bit early. I know that some things I'm not going to grasp as quickly as others. So that means I need to stay up an extra hour to learn a few things, whether even like now, things dealing with artificial intelligence, you know, with AI, certain things I'm not familiar with. So, you know, I'll stay up an extra hour, you know, or two each day, you know, trying to learn something different, reaching out to individuals who know a little bit more. But the consistency of not ever giving up, I don't look at anything. I've never really looked at anything that I didn't get initially as a failure. I've always looked at it as an opportunity to see, Mm -hmm. okay, how do I need to get to where I'm trying to go? And one thing I've learned in life is there are times where I've wanted things so badly and I didn't get it. And then later on in life, I realized, you know what? I really wasn't ready for that opportunity at the time because had I gotten that opportunity, I probably wouldn't have had other opportunities that would have came later. I've learned in life and that's and that's kind of just over time and experience. So even with your audience members, so some of you that might feel that, hey, I'm working hard towards reaching a goal and things aren't, you know, maybe not always fall in line the way that I want them to. Trust me, you've heard me mention I've had, you know, two careers, entrepreneurship, you know, these things multiply going on at the same time. But I can truly tell you that oftentimes if you do not get 
the goals that you want to initially, sometimes because it's just not the right timing, because mm-hmm. even though you want something very badly, you can get it and you not be prepared and you can't sustain <laughs> it and keep it. Yeah. But oftentimes, if you actually have to just go through the struggle, through the road, less travel and <laughs> put in the hard work, you'll remember and you won't forget the hard work that it took, the long hours, the blood, sweat, tears, as some people would say. And you appreciate a little bit more and you learn how to treat people a little bit more dignity and respect and value what people have to say. Because oftentimes if we get things quickly, we'll think that we're the greatest thing since sliced bread, that we're so special. <laughs> <laughs> this and right. the other. And it's never just all about us. It's about people that support us or the people we're trying to help out. Yeah. yeah. What I hear in your story is finding joy in the journey. Like it's not just about the destination. It's not just about hitting certain milestones or what have you. It's actually enjoying the process, enjoying the mundane. You know, like you said, waking up an extra hour earlier just to study something that doesn't come naturally to you. And I think the reality is like, you know, if if you do want anything lasting and anything good, it does take time. It may seem like some people may be more talented and maybe they have the connections, but just like with the hair, you know, when we're talking about the tortoise and the hair story, you know, their egos can get in the way. Their egos can hold them back and and can have them self-sabotage. Where for you, you're talking about like, hey, it's okay to slow down and take your time and study and get better. And, you know, it may not be your time for that opportunity yet because there's still some work that needs to be done within you to, to really sustain that and to handle that. And that's just all part of the process. And I think the mundane is a beautiful thing, you know, and I think we, more of us can learn to appreciate it and enjoy it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Ken, you know, with your background, it's, you know, you have your education background and the military background, and now you're an entrepreneur. (laughs) You're an entrepreneur. (laughs) And I know you weren't necessarily looking for it, but, you know, you mentioned your parents were entrepreneurs and it kind of dawned on you one day that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I know the, the Rosie Network had part to do with that. So tell us a bit that journey to where you are today. Yeah, so I can tell you how it started. So actually, at the time, right before the pandemic, I was serving in a role Hmm. as a battalion commander of my um, Army Reserve unit, which was actually located in Beaumont, Texas. And we had orders just for a normal, just regular, just rotation to Fort Hood. And my apologies, I cannot think of the name of in Killeen. So the the new base in Killeen that Hmm. was formerly known as Fort Hood, we were stationed there. The ironic thing that happened was, was like, I remember when COVID hit because I was at the airport. And we got some kind of special order for the job that I was responsible for. Mm-hmm. And it said, hey, you need to quarantine everyone. So I'm like, oh, what? So mm. I, I didn't get anyone on the phone because it was like at 1130 at night. So luckily, at the time, I was a lieutenant colonel. So I had to call it. Luckily, I was able to find a colonel. I said, let me find somebody. The, 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 the soldier in me and then the principal in me would be like, hey, if I don't have an answer, let me ask the superintendent. If, it, if there's something very important that one of you told me, call someone with a higher rank than me to actually make a decision so it don't fall back on me. That's an old trick. You know, if you're yeah. a leadership, if you actually do, don't know something, you know, it could be a major thing. Mm-hmm. I said, before I quarantine all these people that are just getting back from an overseas deployment. Mm-hmm. So uh, needless to say that during that time, you know, the pandemic time was a COVID-19 was a very hard time for everyone. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, many of my former assistant principals that are now principals and teachers who are counselors and just different people I've worked with over the years. I've always had a very unique way of um, attacking and just going at the field of education from a unique background. A lot of times you know a lot yeah. of military strategies yeah, and yeah. entrepreneurial strategies, which I didn't realize were entrepreneurial strategies at the time. Mm. So as I was 
during that COVID-19 you know, time when people, you know, are dealing with the virtual learning and ask me questions. Oh, yeah. I say, you know, at some point when at the end of my career, I knew I always wanted to give back and be like a consultant or start my own company because I've had some successes over the years in some of the most challenging schools in Texas. And I was like, you know what? I've worked in major cities in the rural areas and I mm-hmm. have a lot to give. Yes. And it's not that often. I'll be very honest with you, Jen, that there are less than 2% of educators nationwide, K through 12, that look like me that are uh, men of color, no matter what you know ethnicity. So it's not that often. When you have individuals that have gone through the ranks and have been successful, you know, I said, you know what, let me show that, you know, you have individuals that can start their own companies and go back and not only just just be there just to be there, but provide quality instruction, because I pretty much know what kids need. So I've worked at the elementary, middle, high school and even yeah. at the alternative education ranks. And I know what it takes to get the teachers where they need to be when mm-hmm. you're at an all time high of teacher turnover or people leaving the field of education. You have leaders that are going into principal's roles. I, okay. I was blessed, you know, I'm, you know, having the opportunity of being a company commander and, t- yeah. you know, all the different lessons I've learned from the military that the average principal doesn't get, you know, they've kind of only see the leader that they've had at their school that mm-hmm. one of the principals that they've seen in the past, but I've had the opportunity to see leaders from different realms. So that um, led me to start asking questions. When I was at Fort Hood. I said, you know what? Let me be nosy. So I started being nosy, even though I was a reservist. I said, okay, the active duty people that are getting off, they're yeah. trying to Job. So I remember just going to sit in the class and men and were raising their hand. Hey, I want to go work for Google. I want to work for YouTube. So I raised my hand. I said, hey, I've been working, you know, working for individuals, you know, within the system for the last over 20 years. I said, I want to work for myself. I want to be able to write checks for people that are working for me. And someone said, hey, you need to look into the Rosie Network. Yeah. So I said, what is the Rosie Network? So they said it's something for veterans and spouses of veterans that are entered in entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. Day, I immediately got online and started looking, sent an email, received an email back that evening and actually literally provided the paperwork and started the class like two or three days later. And that has been a wealth of opportunity because the Rosie Network is based a great organization started mm-hmm. by Brown that just, excuse me, Stephanie Brown that ended up providing a great opportunity for veteran entrepreneurs, no matter if you're at the ideology stage or if you're kind of experienced business and what it did was help me find out exactly what problem I wanted to solve, mm-hmm. what what, um, what offers did I have to actually provide to customers, and hey, do people actually even want the services that I want to provide? So right. during the ten week process, once a week, having a chance to be in a cohort, and the great thing was, Jen, it was free. You know, <laughs> have the opportunity, so I learned a lot on how to start my own LLC. Just mm-hmm. so many. So by the time I came off active duty, I had a choice to make. And then at the same time, with one of my parents being very ill at the time, mm-hmm. I knew that I was going to have to make some you know, tough decisions regardless. And entrepreneurship, in my opinion, even though it might be scary to individuals, to me, I think is the greatest thing that you can do because mm-hmm. now you have an opportunity to bet on yourself with your yeah. skills and what you value and bring what you love to consumers. And it gives you an opportunity. You have to work. And some people think it's easy that, hey, as an entrepreneur, you just kind of do what you want to do. Yeah. No, you actually work harder. So as an entrepreneur, listeners, I've worked harder as an entrepreneur than I ever did mm-hmm. as a high school principal or working in a central office in a, in a large district or even as a company commander or battalion commander, which I didn't think you work that much harder. But the payoff and the reward is so much greater just for the simple fact that when you're doing something for your own business, you notice I have the cage, excuse me, my KG for my logo for yeah. Kenneth Gale, 
representation. So especially whenever you have on your own logo, it just means the world because, you know, you're representing your product and your brand and what you stand for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Rose Network is absolutely amazing. My husband actually went through their cohort program, I think, way back in 2016. And so it's just um, really amazing to see how far they've come and definitely got to give it to Stephanie Brown and the team for having expanded nationwide and, and helping our service members and our military spouses have a renewed sense of purpose, I feel, and a sense of control, whether they're still in active duty or when they transition out. Um, but I just think it's so it's so inspiring to uh, see people in your position who want to do like you. You've already had in a, two established careers, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I do. <laughs> Not one, two. Yeah. And several, you know, even in the educational career, you worked your way up yes. in, in so many different positions. And of course, obviously, yes. climbing the ranks in the military. And right. then you're like, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. <laughs> and, you know, I really commend your continual desire for, you know, personal growth, professional yeah. growth, you know, having a, a servant leader heart and just wanting to help more and more people. And, you know, this is just the new version of it. You know, you're helping people at a greater scale with your company. And I really commend that. Ken, and I commend like how alive and how present and intentional and purposeful you're living your life right now and, and how you have been for the last, you yes. know, couple of basically your entire adult life, you know. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Jen, I was going to add to that. So the, the other piece of that is this, that oftentimes you never know who's watching. So even though I had recently just just like ooh, about a year and a half, two years ago, went through one of the cohorts of the services CEO program. So I encourage all your listeners to go out there and check out the Rosie Network mm -hmm. website and look at the services CEO program that I want to say a couple of months later, I had received an email saying, hey, Ken, you know, we heard some great things about you. And we were from your team lead that was that you participated with and some peers. And we we're interested in you coming on board and doing some things with the Rosie Network. So right now, I'm going to say for like the last nine months, I serve as the alumni lead. So where my job is, which is great, is that I have an opportunity to talk to alumni that have recently graduated or even those that graduated a couple of years ago from the Rosie Network. And provide opportunities for them to network, look at access to capital and provide additional speakers to come in and speak with them to help them continue to grow and scale their businesses. So that's one of the things I could truly say as well is that you never know when individuals are watching you for those vets that are interested in entrepreneurship. And you never know that some of the individuals that you meet in life that you never know who you'll be able to form partnerships with and character and the way you carry yourself and the way you treat people really go a long way because people will really remember you. The world is very large, but it can be very small, too, at times. Yeah. I'd love for you to talk about the story of a student who reached out to you oh, yeah. recently yeah. who and this is this is about the theme of, of like watering plants and, and, and the long term impact of how you have been serving, you know, not just in education, but the military and then now in the entrepreneurial space. But like to see the fruits of your labor come in the success of people. So tell me about the, the student. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, I'm going to say his name because he, he's not going to mind. So his name is Christopher Fields. So my first very year as an, I remember I went to education in the year 2001 and my first year I was blessed. I ended up being an assistant principal after four years of teaching in 2005. As an elementary assistant principal, we had a um, brand new school and then Hurricane Katrina happened in Louisiana, which is my home state. So we're, I was in a brand new school that was built for like maybe 800 students. 
keep in mind, this was just kindergarten through fourth grade. And because of the storm happened at the beginning of the school year, we had an overflow of students throughout, you know, everywhere. So our school went from 800 kids, brand new school to about 1100. So um, we ended up having to have trailer. Make a long story short, we had so many students there. I was the only assistant principal there trying to just go off the little bit of knowledge I had as a soldier just all over the place. But to make a long story short, we had a handful of students that just like with any, stu- any school that need a little bit more attention than others. So uh, there are kids that I'd have talks and conversations uh, with all the time or what have you. So I want to say about four months ago, I had one of my good friends had called me because on my website, someone had, she said, hey, someone keeps trying to call you. So I ended up calling the young man. And when he said his name, it didn't ring a bell initially to me. And he made me remember. He said, hey, doc, you said you probably don't remember it. But when he said, but I'm going to make you remember me. But he was a young man that was probably mis- mischievous than most or what have you. He probably stayed in my office more than what he should have stayed. So I remember we had conversations and he talked about, remember you gave me these dog tags and this, that, and the other. Because I, I, we me being in the military, I had like all tags and different things made, but all the students didn't know. So we had a handful of students I know that that could have been challenging. So there'd be times where I put things in place that I had special things worked out with them that, hey, I know you have a hard time sitting in class all day, but hey, can you go three hours of not getting in trouble, three days out of five, and we're going to do something. So I used to just try to do things to try to help some of the challenging students that just need a little bit more guidance and a little bit more attention. So I remember him sharing with me, he said, you know, some of those talks you shared with me really stuck with me later on in life. He said, there'll be times where I was going to get in trouble. And I thought about the things you said about believing in me and that the school believed in me. And not only was I represent myself, my family, but every single teacher that has ever worked with me. Oh, that, you know, you're going to make mistakes, but hey, don't let it put you down. So he, he kind of talked through some of those things. And later in life, he ended up going through the Navy and he ended up working. So he started his own well, entrepreneurial thing now with speaking. But he literally just got a job who about two months ago. And he's actually going to be working with student behavior. So I said, oh, man, that's a bliss. Oh, this Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm full circle here. Made <laughs> yeah, trouble quite a little bit. And that's how I said. But the blessing is, is that you're a success story. You were a student that was literally probably would would have been in any statistics that people would have said, hey, if you didn't have any drastic intervention taking place in your life, you would probably be dead, jail mm-hmm. or what have you. But I said, you beat the odds. I said, so you're not speaking off of theory. The kids that you're going to be working with, they're going to have a blessing because you're going to be able to speak reality and facts. And you know what it takes to break through to some of the most challenging students or what have you. So the greatest thing about that was it felt good for him to share and to reach out to remember me should almost like 15 years later or so. But the biggest takeaway was, was that it helped me to remind me to share this story because I don't really share a lot of things. I share things all quite a bit. But when it's things, when people share things about me, I'm not it's one of those things that's hard. I appreciate people saying nice things, but it feels kind of weird when people say stuff to you. But in that situation, I said, you know what, I'm going to make sure I start sharing a little bit more because it's not about me, especially for whether it be with educators, whether it be with soldiers or whether it just be the parent that's helping bring kids, you know, even in the military to practice and helping out another parent that the things you do, you might not see the fruits of your labor initially, but the young people that you're working with or even people that you work with employees, they appreciate it and they see it. And you just never know that the things that you're doing now will always make a great impact. So sometimes we don't see the plants grow, 
But every now and then, you know, I'm a man of faith. So I sometimes I believe that, you know, God just send you things to remind you that, hey, the things that you have done, continue to keep doing those things because they make a big difference. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a story and what a life you have lived, Ken, and continue to live. And I, I feel like in five to 10 years from now, you'll probably be doing something else <laughs> to add to your to add to your resume. <laughs> If people go probably say, if you don't sit down today, I'll be like, when are you going to sit down? But it, but it actually brings me joy. So I tell people, yeah. hey, you only get one life to live. So whatever you yeah. feel that you can do that bring you life and energy, do it. There, there's yeah. no, there's nothing that should ever stop you from being able to do anything that you want to do. Because even with Jim, with a podcast, that's amazing. Not too many oh, people can say you. that, hey, that I have a podcast, that you have a business, <laughs> that you, you know, you've been working for yourself. You know, for over a decade, those things are so important that the work you put in, you don't have a guaranteed paycheck, but you know Absolutely. you have a guaranteed paycheck whenever you're putting out great products <laughs> and it's making a difference in people's lives because you know death when people when you're putting out positive things and it's making a difference in people's lives, you will never have to worry about paying your bills because they'll be paid for just all the things you're doing and you're just getting the fruit of your labors back. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because working with my husband, he's always very forward thinking and he's always raising the bar for us. And sometimes I feel like we're we're drowning. But then like when I'm freaking out, he's like, oh, wait, no, like we like made five figures last month. I'm like, yes. well, why did you, t- why did you give me those financial, you know, like things like that. Yes. And and so I, I do appreciate uh, you mentioning that. And, you know, it is the journey of being self-employed. And I mean, thank God that the reality is if, if I do take a step back, I've been taken care of for this whole time. I've had a roof over my head. I've eaten well, sometimes a lot, like, like more than I probably should, especially during the pandemic, good times. And, you know, and, and to just recognize that for me, you know, there's a greater God looking out for me and providing for me and, and, and trusting that and trusting the journey and the process. And, and kind of going back to what you were saying earlier, like part of what I admire about your journey, Ken, is like enjoying the journey, enjoying the daily practice of personal growth, professional development. And, you know, again, staying up an extra hour to just study if you feel like you don't know something as well. And there's a general joy I I feel from you. And it's clearly because, you know, you like to stay busy, you like to serve, you like to help. And, you know, whatever you end up doing next five to 10 years from now, I'm sure it's going to be within the theme of serving and helping many people. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, Ken, as we come to a close, I do want to, you know, speak to our military community. And I'd love to hear you talk about, like, what are our advantages as, uh, let's say, veterans, spouses, and the military community as a whole compared to, let's say, our civilian counterparts? And and, and I know one thing you mentioned offline is, is like, the resources that are given to us to, to be successful. So can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny. I was, look, I got my little haircut. So I was look at the barbershop the other day and I got to having a conversation and they were talking about, it's so funny. They were talking about entrepreneurship because the barbershop I went to was actually inside of a mall. I said, I remember when y'all's owner started this barbershop up like eight years ago. And he's like, yeah, now he has eight locations. I said, you know what? That's amazing. I said, because a lot of times you don't see, especially minority-owned businesses, you know, in a major city like, and I live in Houston, Texas, that you can scale a business that fast and, you know, franchise or what have you. And I was talking about it and there because I was mentioning things such as like, for instance, with, with veterans, we have wonderful programs out there such as Bunker Labs, Rosie Network. Those things are free. Uniform the Vet, the Wounded mm. Warrior Project. Yeah. And these are things that are out there for spouses of veterans and veterans themselves that 
It provides you a network of individuals that are probably doing something, whether it be a nonprofit organization that you're looking into. If you're someone that have gone through and want to do adjustment training because you're going to go buy a drone and you want to start your own business, if you want access to capital. If you can't get capital from a bank, you can look at things as far as like lift fund that provide uh, special funding that especially if you're a veteran, I'm pretty sure most veterans don't care if you serve one year or 10 years, you probably had a, a few injuries here or there. <laughs> so even if you're registering your business as a veteran owned business, disabled veteran owned business, here in the state of Texas, if you're a veteran owned business, you don't even have to file and pay the $500 LLC fee mm. and you can get as many as you would like. But you have things such as the Veteran Business Opportunity Centers, which are known as VBOC, Victor, Bravo, Oscar, Charlie, and they're regional. So no matter what state or city you're in. And the great thing is, hey, we know things happen. And even if you've probably gone through some type of separation or divorce, and even if you're the spouse of a veteran, you still serve no different than your veteran and you have given your time. These resources are often available to you as well. You have things such as the SBA, the Small Business Administration that actually do have set aside special free classes for veterans and spouses of veterans. There are things such as boost the business, the revenue for your business. And one of the things, too, is that there are many pitch decks. Even if you all know what you want to do, especially as a veteran entrepreneur in many of your community colleges, no matter if you're in a large city or rural city, there are oftentimes if you just look into the business department, there are oftentimes so many different pitch deck competitions that you're basically putting together a PowerPoint or you're just speaking anywhere from 30 seconds to three minutes. And often those are times that can be things that can provide seed money for your company or your ideas. But the greatest thing to me that is with, with on the civilian side, what I've noticed that my friends that are civilian entrepreneurs, they're networking. They're having to go out and try to figure out, you know, people that they've worked with in the past. Let's just say you're in the photography business and you might have friends you may meet at a conference every now and then. If you're a contract worker because you're, you know, you lay down foundation and build homes, your network is basically going to be people that's probably in your local city. But the great thing about being veterans is, is that even if you spent your whole life in the guard or the reserves, that you've had to travel somewhere for drill. You've had to go annual training. You may have had some deployments overseas. You may have had some deployments here in the States. So that means you've come in contact with many individuals and you have a broad range of networks. So we already know that less than 1% of individuals have ever served into the military. So naturally, if I tell anyone that I'm a veteran, doesn't matter if someone is a veteran, they're not into the same political views. They're not into the same whatever views. At the end of the day, we have something in common. We're veterans. So it doesn't matter what serves that, that I've noticed that that's the one true common ground that can bring people together that normally wouldn't be able to speak and have a conversation. That individuals that might be on different sides of the aisle, no matter when it comes to religion, no matter what, so many things going on. But at the end of the day, those that have served, we know that you have to come together no matter what the differences are with the individuals. So I would say that is the most powerful piece being in the military is that you have a strong network and you have a strong bond. So you've already been through like your basic training, your boot camp crucible, because even if you're a spouse of a veteran or even if you're a former spouse of a veteran, you know what it means to sacrifice. You know what it means to actually have to, you know, have love of country and family and knowing how to actually work with people that may not always see the same view that you have, but you're doing something for the common good. So I think that is the biggest thing that once you say, hey, I'm a veteran, it immediately opens up so many doors to other veterans that you can at least questions to. 
Yeah, it's like you just have this network and family like all over the world and we just get it. You know, it's like once you connect, like again, like whether you're a veteran or a military spouse or in my case, like having been raised as a military kid, like yeah. like we all get it. We all served, you know, in, in our own way. And, you know, that's why I'm so grateful to, you know, be here at season seven of Holding Down the Forts because I just can't get enough of these kinds of conversations where we share this commonality of the military life. So so yeah, Ken, I, I feel yeah. like we covered so much ground with you. Yeah. You know, we covered three different careers that you're doing all at once. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And I really thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I, I just want to make sure that as we come to a close here, is there anything you want to make sure you share with our community here at Holding Down the Fort? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say, Jen, thank you so much. I just want to give a special thanks to you and Hold Down the Fort and congratulations being on your seventh season. I'm very beyond thankful for the opportunity to be on your wonderful podcast. I truly appreciate your graciousness and your wonderful questions and your hospitality. I'd like to give a special shout out to Barker Labs that provided me an opportunity for entrepreneurship and a super special thank you to the Rosie Network, mm-hmm. who is my family that I work with now that have provided so many opportunities for me through the Services CEO program. And if you want to get some more information, you can find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Kenneth Gay, or you can look on KennethGayEducation.com. And I actually have a couple of books on my series called The Shoes, and it's basically me sharing a story that my first year as a teacher, they had some kids teasing a student because of the shoes he had on. And I ended up going to the store and buying those same pair of shoes for like $5 that had like Velcro, almost like bowling shoes. And I wore wore them for the remainder of the year. (laughs) And it it taught a lesson because basic thing that I needed students to know that your shoes don't make who you are. Yeah. Your character and your integrity make who you are. And your shoes can carry any door possible. But you make your shoes. Your shoes don't make you. So those books are available on Amazon. So you just look up Dr. Kenneth Gay and just put in the search the shoes. It'll pull up about four different books. But other than that, that's Wonderful. once again, I just thank you. Yeah, I'm just thankful to just be a part of the show. And uh, anything I can do to help Jen, just let me know with you all in your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to our listeners, we'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. And I'm just taking this moment to express my gratitude as well. So thank you for taking the time to share your story, Ken. And I hope that our listeners get a ton of value from hearing your story. So with that said, to our listeners, thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now.
All right. Hey, thanks for sticking around in the post commentary to hear about what I have to talk about. I got to tell you, because I am doing this post commentary in bulk, by the time this episode comes out, I know that I'm going to have a ton of awesome content (laughs) that I cannot reference here because I haven't come up with it yet available in our free podcast portal. So if you are looking for bonus content or you're looking to connect with me or you're looking to connect with my company or you know you want to learn about podcasting or you want to learn you just want to learn you just want to absorb more of the holding down the forts by us bet wealth content you want to absorb more of that for free you can go ahead and visit holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And whatever I will be talking about at this time of the recording will be available in that portal. So I'm sure I'll have more thoughts to share, whether it's responding to people, answering questions, sharing additional resources to help you along your mission to you know do more than follow orders, to think outside the box and to manifest your dreams. If that is you and you want to continue to consume more content like that, once again, check out holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal and I will see you there. All right, that's it. That's a this is a placeholder for that. I don't have anything else new to add at this time. Thanks again Ken for being on the show and also working behind the scenes to make the show possible. You're greatly appreciated. You and Trisha and Ebeth and everyone at the Rose Network team. And I look forward to speaking to you all in the next episode. Tune in next time.